Here's a question. How does an ordinary person land their dream job in the sports industry immediately after graduating? Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. I'm Ruben Williams. And I'm Ryan Walker. In 2017, we said goodbye to exams and hello to full-time work. This is a behind-the-scenes reveal of exactly how the best sports industry professionals in the world created careers that most only dream of. We believe every dream job in sport is worth chasing, and that's why we want to give you the tools to make it a reality. For a proven process to getting jobs in sport, download our free ebook. How to Get Jobs in Sport, The Sports Grad Method. You can get this for free at www.sportsgrad.com.au. Hello and welcome to The Sports Grad Podcast. My name is Ryan Walker and with me, as always, is the methodical but not inflexible Reuben Williams. How are you today, mate? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Ryan. I think you borrowed that from our, from our part one last week. Is that correct? That is correct, mate, and I'm cracking up doing this <laughs> because, you know, the weird thing is you actually haven't stopped saying it in the last week. So, I thought, hey, let's use Sarah's quote, and it is bloody funny because I keep hearing it come out of your mouth, um, well, but I think it's, it's, a fa- it's perfect for you. <laughs> it's it's a fantastic statement. I think it just encapsulates so many good ideas in, in one, so... Uh, thank you, Sarah, for letting me borrow that. So I'll I'll continue to drive it into the ground, but um, uh, yeah, say what you will, it works. <laughs> <laughs> Methodical but not inflexible. Remember that one. It is Ruben's favourite quote. Um, but um, we're back. Uh, Sarah Styles um, got another part of, of our episode today. Um, let's chat about part two. Um, what were some of the the greatest sort of things that you, you took away from uh, a, sec- a second really good chat with her? Yeah, well, in part one, Sarah led us into, you know, some of her previous roles across investment banking and Cricket Australia. And today we really got to dive deep into her current role uh, at the Victorian government, which is a completely new challenge, um, but incredibly interesting to hear about. And one that I'm not too familiar with, you know, we've got experience in national sporting organisations, but that government space is something that is still a little bit foreign. So, from my perspective, it's really cool to learn about the impact that she's having in that role. Yeah, awesome. Um, what I took away was just the impact of the Women in Sport and Recreation Office. Like, she was able just to reel off so many programs and grants and and all these opportunities that are available to, to women in sport out there that – I, I was like, I was amazed. There's just so much out there for people to get involved in. So um, that is awesome. And, and if you're listening now, you know, grab grab a pen because you're going to need to. There's so much out there uh, for people to, to investigate and, and see what works for them. Well, Ryan, this is probably the biggest scoop of the entire podcast uh, because you mentioned some of the grants and the programs that they have available. One of them fits the mould of the Superbox, one of them oh. directed towards community programs and engagements and entrepreneurial ideas. Hmm. And the most entrepreneurial idea we've ever heard in this podcast is the Superbox up at the Noosa Tigers by Mitch Woods from the St Kilda Football Club. And would, would be listening. Would be listening. And our listeners have been talking about it a lot. They want to implement it at their clubs. Now there are government grants out there for those prepared to put it into action. <laughs> 
And uh, as Sarah states, you might have to find a way to relate it back to how it improves uh, gender equality in sport. But that's totally fine. We can help you with that. Send us a message if you need to. But um, there's money available for the super boxing community sport. Fantastic. And Rubes, you're available 24-7 to field <laughs> messages and calls in regards to the Superbox. So, uh, for those out there listening, um, Ruben is available at any time. I'm probably available less so, uh, but I'm still available, but Rubes is 24-7. Um, anyway, let, let's get into this. Enough about the Superbox. Grab a pen. Enjoy this chat with Sarah Styles. Sarah, can you tell us a bit about your current role and, and what's involved with that? Of course. So um, I am in month one as director of the Victorian Government's Office for Women in Sport and Recreation. So this is a an office that's unique in Australia. It's actually the only one of its type that is purely focused on creating a sports industry that is better for women and girls. And going back to that growth and opportunity mindset, I firmly believe the world that is better for women and girls is actually then better for everyone. So my job as director is leading the team who work in that office um, and responding to the recommendations in the inquiry um, into women and girls in sport and recreation that took place prior to creating the office four years ago. So um, we've just had confirmed that the office has been refunded for four years, which is wonderful. So that's an $11.6 million investment. And again, you know, the, since I joined sports industry, I, I quickly realised how lucky I was to be a woman working in sport in Victoria because of the work of this office and what it's doing to not only drive change but also the opportunity and the support that they were actually giving to women working in the industry. So something you may not know, actually, Ruben, is um, back in 2018 I was actually a beneficiary of one of the office's programs. So they actually have a scholarship program to support women working in sport or volunteering in sport. Um, and I got one of those grants to support me doing some online study into change management, like we were talking about earlier. So, you know, it's a nice little uh, closed loop that I was one of the um, scholarship recipients and now I'm actually heading up that team. Sarah, I was going to ask you, month one of a new job, um, you know, a lot of people out there would be thinking, shit, you know, month one, how scary is it? How has it sort of been for you? You're probably quite used to it because you've had various roles across your career, but could you perhaps give us one tip for someone in their first month starting a job? <laughs> oh, can you give me that tip? Um, <laughs> so, um Look, it, the, the phrase that comes to mind a little bit that I've heard before is, you know, the drinking from the fire hose. You know, there is so much information coming your way. Um, your diary is pretty intense because you're, you're trying to meet a lot of people. You're, um, and that's not only your external stakeholders. Like I'm trying to learn a whole new world because this is my first job working within a government. So the Office yeah. of Women in Sport and Recreation sits within Sport and Recreation Victoria which in turn sits within the Department of Jobs, Precincts and Regions. So trying to learn those internal processes even before you then go, okay, what about everything else? 
And this yeah. is also a statewide role. So it's not only, okay, let's go and have a chat to the state sporting bodies. You've also got to think about the regional sporting bodies and everything in between. So like CA, but with 35 states. <laughs> Oh, it's like CA, except there's, um, you know, 90 CAs pretty yeah. much. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a better analogy. <laughs> and this is a role that, that crosses, you know, every single sport in Victoria. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so what's probably the key lesson in there? Um, it's got to be the one that might, you know, some really – I obviously get plenty of advice from not only friends um, but also sort of – um, I don't like to use the word mentors because I think mentors sometimes feels too formal and it puts stress on particularly younger people to go, oh, I've got to go find these mentors. Reality is they're just good relationships with people who are more experienced than you. And what's the message that I've been getting from, you know, those people is just give yourself time. Give yourself time, you know, be reasonable on, you know, what you're trying to achieve in a day because it is a marathon, not a sprint. This was probably the most comfortable I have ever felt starting a role. Um, yeah. You know, I think back to starting my grad job. So I had interned at Macquarie at university and then started as a graduate after university. And I was that freaked out on my first day. I've actually taken myself off to the bathroom to like splash some water on my face. I'm like, you've got to calm down. Like you are just like, I'm sitting there. Just, I'm going to move my and you're like, oh, all right, some deep breaths. Um, and you know what? I look back on that and I smile because, of course, that was something new I hadn't done before. Whereas this role, you know, I'm working in a space that I love, and you know, I'm I'm more confident of my skills. Um, I had had a really good sense from the recruitment process of some of the people I was working with, and I really felt that people went out of their way to help me feel comfortable straight away. And you know, that has meant. Even if I am in month one, you know, they made me feel comfortable straight away. So you didn't feel like you were the new person. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some things that I mess up, something you didn't realise because one thing you do find is as you get a bit more senior, the induction processes probably look a little bit different. You know, when you're a graduate, there's a graduate program and here is your training and everybody's starting at the same time. Whereas it sort of, you know, isn't so much that when you start getting to the executive roles like this. But, yeah, just just giving yourself time to, to learn, to read um, and just, you know, I think a part of that is being a really open communicator, whether it's with your team um, and what are the processes that you can put in place to make sure that when you are getting up to speed, there's not something that accidentally slips through that people just didn't feel comfortable going, oh, by the way, um, you've got this thing that actually we need you to look at because we're waiting on so-and-so. So, you know, how do you put yourself out there in order to make people comfortable being open back to you around, you know, what's actually important or urgent so, you know, you don't accidentally let um, something through to the keeper? Excuse the pun. <laughs> Sarah, you mentioned it was like dealing with 90 CAs internally, but all within Victoria. Um, your predecessor, Bridie O'Donnell, a lot of the work that she did had an impact on all of Australia, not only Victoria. Is this a focus for yourself or is that sort of um, widespread impact going to come naturally just by 
a lot of sport coming out of Victoria. So, I mean, the office is very much focused on creating um, outcomes for the Victorian sports sector and women working in Victoria. So keep in mind you've also got some NSOs that then work in Victoria as well. So, um, so really that has to be your focus. But then what you're able to do is um, sport is a great example where there is that little bit of competition by comparison so nobody wants to get left behind. So when you've got, whether it's a particular sport or whether it's Victoria showing, you know what, here's what we've done and here's the great things that have come from it, that's where other people can kind of see, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. We should be looking at that too. So that's where you can see that impact grow. And that's not only limited to Australian borders either, you know, there's some great things happening in New Zealand at the moment and particularly next year they're hosting an enormous conference around women and girls in sport. Um, there's great things happening in the UK. There's great things happening in a whole bunch of places. And whilst it is a little bit harder at the moment to go overseas to work in some of these places, you know, there there is good stuff happening in a lot of, of other countries. So I think that's how it is. It's how do you do a great job in what your key scope is because you can never drop the ball on what your actual job is. But then there is ways of doing that that, you know, can get that message wider. And, I mean, again, if I go back to, funnily enough, LinkedIn, a great experience, a great example I've seen is, you know, when you're sharing progress through that platform, you're connecting with people all across the world. So, you know, you might be sharing a story, if I go back to my previous world, you might be sharing a story on cricket.com.au, and yes, some people would see that, but if, when you're sharing things through LinkedIn, that's where you're able to connect with people and your reach can expand so much further than you would have otherwise guessed. One of your recent successes, Sarah, has been the Women Leading Sport Initiative with Sport Australia. Um, that aims to significantly increase the representation and success of women in leadership positions. Are there any plans for similar programs to be implemented whilst you're in your role? Well, there's actually a good example where those a lot of that work is already happening here in Victoria. So the work with Sport Australia is very much ongoing. So Sport Australia has had their Women Leaders in Sport program for a long time where they've provided grants as well as leadership workshops to help women um, upskill in terms of leadership and, and create networks. So they're ongoing with their work to say, okay, is that getting the job done to actually shift the dial around the gender diversity of sport leadership? Because when you look at the data at that very top level, it's not good. It's not good. And, I mean, that that's in terms of many forms of diversity, not just gender diversity. So when we then come back to Victoria, one of the reasons I said before that um, uh, Victoria, I had been saying for a long time, was a great place to work was because of some of these programs at the office. So things like the Change Our Game scholarships, that's a great example where women can actually be getting quite generous support to um, work on their own leadership programs. Well, it could be leadership programs. It could be other programs as well. You're not actually limited to what you can get um, support for there. So what opportunities like that um, and also what I love about what the office have done is they've taken a really um, broad perspective around, okay, well, what does working in sport actually mean? Because, you know, not everybody is gunning towards like a CFO or even a CEO position. Sport takes on a lot of forms. So this is where 
um, you know, some of the other options that um, the office has done, like the AICD um, corporate governance programs, actually support women with the really important training to be a really strong sport director. So sitting on the board of a sport, that's something that's unique to down here in Victoria, as well as there's a great program that the office supports called Making the Call, which is targeted towards women who are interested in sports broadcasting. So people normally think straight away on air. Yes, there's some people who are interested in that, but think about all the roles that exist. So whether that's around podcasts or whether that's around radio, whether that's around television, you know, you're thinking your producer roles, you're thinking your editors, everything like that. You're, you're, um, so that's a good example where when we think about sports. Sarah, do you have to, sorry, do you already have to be working to apply for a program like that or can people who have just graduated put their hand up for it? So the Making the Call program is open to anybody who has um, has an interest in that space. But, you know, it's not just they popped out of bed one day and thought that might be interested. You've got to be able to demonstrate that interest in what you may have done to suss it out before. The AICD program, that's more relevant for people later in their career. So that's for people who are looking at joining those sports boards more so. Although there is a little bit around regional governance or you know, governance at more of that community level, but that's probably not where I imagine the sports grad listeners would be interested in. In terms of the Change Our Game scholarships, this is probably a really important distinction. Um, Your application does need to be supported by a state sporting body. However, you don't have to be employed by that body. So, for example, if you're volunteering at a community club, That's an example where if you know what the development opportunities that you're trying to seek, you can seek the support of your relevant state sporting body to then put in an application there. So what I encourage anybody, and and sorry, I should say this obviously is for women because the office is looking for for women to be um, supported in sport. So what I suggest if anyone is interested is to jump on and follow the Change Our Game social media accounts because that would be where this information when applications do open would be shared or um, keep an eye on the Change Our Game website and there's a grant section there that always contains the information. Fantastic. Definitely anybody listening, jump on that as soon as you you can. That sounds like a fantastic program. Um, one of the the other really exciting things that you mentioned earlier was that $11 million in funding towards your office. Now, in regard to uh, jobs in female sport, what sort of opportunity is that funding going to bring? Mm, good question. Because I should say, keep in mind, it's not just female sport. It's also just simply women working in sport. So that obviously could be in um, men's sport as well. So, um, I mean, there's really two key pathways there. The and this is a little bit self-serving. The answer I'm going to give, Ruben. Um, one That's of the totally options. <laughs> one of the options is with the office itself. So, um, this funding means that the office actually is going to continue for at least another four years. You know, I obviously hope a lot longer than that. But again, that ties into something you said earlier. That ultimate success for an office like this is it's not no longer needed because we've actually realised that future of the level playing field, but we're not there yet. So job opportunities around that funding is with the office itself. 
So um, we have a, a small core team there that that could be a good example where people are keeping an eye out for job opportunities um, that might come about every once in a while. Then it goes back to um, actually in the industry. So this is where things like the skill development, so taking advantage of the programs to help you build your capability to set yourself up to get whether it's a um, new job, a different job, a more senior job, the Making the Call program for um, people looking towards sports broadcasting. There's been some great examples in the pilot programs that ran last year of, of what that has opened up for women to be working in sports broadcasting, the AICD program to create those director roles. And there's also one, although this is probably less about job creation and more around that, um, you know, that really deep community sport. The funding extension will actually see the community activation grant, so the um, Change Our Game community activation grants um, be supported. So that is where community organisations, so, for example, clubs where people might um, volunteer at, are eligible to apply for funding to support their club in running um, suitable initiatives like gender equality-linked initiatives at that club. And so the reason I emphasise that, I suppose, is because you don't need that state sporting body to be backing your application like you did with the scholarship grants. This is very much around those community-level organisations. So that could be an interesting one because while when we think jobs, we normally think full-time or, you know, something like that, um, there's also, okay, well, what might those community activation grants open up to to do certain things in your own clubs and effectively a little bit, you know, even entrepreneurial around, you know, what are you, what are you going to be doing in your clubs and what can be the opportunities that someone who might be able to create for themselves? Well, that, that's a, a fantastic uh, opening for anybody who does really want to put into action the super box that we continue to talk about. <laughs> uh, Sarah, for your, for your context, we interviewed a bloke called Mitch Woods who introduced the Noosa Tigers super box up, on, up in Queensland. He got a bunch of tradies together, built a super box, put it on the side of the footy oval and then sold premium tickets to watch the football match inside the Superbox. And so if there are other people who are entrepreneurial-minded in the yeah, grassroots club, it. it sounds like there's, there's money available to go towards Superboxes in Victoria. Is that correct? Oh, I probably wouldn't go that far. The grants are meant to be spent on particular things, but if you can paint the picture, tell the story about how apparently that Superbox is furthering gender equality, we will read it at least. Mm. Um, I can't guarantee say, you're going to, you know, yeah. but we will at least read it. The Superbox, I honestly reckon, has been mentioned in about 30 of our episodes, Rubes. We're nearing <laughs> the big the big ton, uh, and I reckon this about a third of the them egg. have almost had it in there. So, yeah, the ultimate <laughs> Easter egg uh, yeah, for those listening. Where's the Superbox reference? But, I mean, the funny thing is um, one of the things that has been happening across the Victorian government more widely is support for the female-friendly facilities, which sits outside of that $11.6 million. So that's actually more money, again, that Victoria is investing into getting those community facilities 
um, you know, really, I don't want to use the word optimised because that's a bit naff, but, you know, optimised for um, women and girls who are actually using those um, environments. Maybe your super box idea is how can you make a case that female-friendly facilities need a super box so i might leave yeah. that one with you i'm not uh, i'm not promising anything i, I think there's a podcast you know, episode in that we can feed yeah. some ideas to people out there yeah see maybe that's where it is we're actually going to figure out what the connection is there and we're going to have um you know female friendly super boxes you know from from the south australian border right through to the tip of gippsland and it's definitely something Uni Blues could could possibly implement Rubes. I'm, I'm sure the Lawn Dolphins would also do the same. So leave that <laughs> with us, Sarah. Um, we'll, we'll spitball a few ideas. Um, I'm going to have the community infrastructure team get in touch with me and go, Sarah, why yeah. are we suddenly getting applications for Superboxes? <laughs> what what are all have these? you done? Yeah. Mentioning you. <laughs> yeah, well, we blame Mitch Woods from the St Kilda Footy Club for that one. Um, one of his great <laughs> ideas has just continued to flourish on the Swartzgrove podcast. So, honestly, if if that's the lasting impact of this podcast, I'll be happy. Yeah, and of course, <laughs> shout out to Mitch; he'd be listening, um, obviously. So, if that's if that's the lasting impact of this podcast, I think I've done something wrong. <laughs> you've bought you've bought it's it to the top again. It. It's great. <laughs> um, Sarah, to finish off. Um, this is one of my favourite questions. I pleaded with Ruben to put it in the uh, the agenda for tonight and uh, we agreed to put this in. But you've obviously created a, an incredible impact across, uh, you know, across sport in, in a really short period of time, really. Um, and I, we we're just wondering, what are you most proud of so far? Uh, that's pretty easy for me to say, actually, because, I mean, what I'm most proud of is the change that we were able to drive. And we is very deliberate because you don't do anything solo. The change we were able to drive for women's elite cricket and actually getting the sport to realise the incredible asset that those teams and those women are was a significant mindset shift. Um, To realise off-field growth was fundamentally important for those women um, and the wonderful benefit, of course, is by cricket showing what was possible, other sports paid paid attention to that. And so that drove change even further away. And similarly, when other sports then picked up and took that lead and took it to an even new level, that then reflected back on us and we got, all right, almost that little bit of challenge accepted. They're showing what's possible. Let's go again. And so this rising tide lifting all boats that we played a role in and I played a role in, I am incredibly proud of that. Um, and, you know, whether you think about that through the lens of, you know, the the inspiration that that, that that provides for the next generation or whether you think about that through the lens of I firmly believe when we're able to drive great change through sport because of the role of sport in the wider Australian society where, in my mind, that change reverberates through all walks of life. Or at its most simplest, the change you've been able to make on those women's lives, and I think back to March 8 last year and that World Cup final, and, like, I was in the crowd and I'll be honest, at the end of the game with the celebration and everything going up, I've got, you know, that tear rolling down the cheek 
But I just think, you know, I hope those are memories that those women on the field are going to have for a lifetime. And the fact that I was able to be a part of building up the sport to that point, yeah, that's at the moment at least there's nothing professionally that compares to that. That is awesome to to hear your reflection on that. And it's just awesome to see the snowball that that impact is continuing to have with things like the upcoming Women's FIFA World Cup and, and the FIBA World Cup as well that's happening in Australia too. Um, Sarah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast to share your thoughts with us. Um, this has been incredibly insightful for us and we're sure that there's plenty of people out there who will benefit from it too. So thanks again for sharing your time with us. Yeah, my pleasure, Ruben and Ryan. You know I love what you're doing and I look forward to the day that I'm interviewing someone for OSA, as we call ourselves, and that person says to me, I actually am a sports grad uh, podcast listener. So I will let you know the day that that happens. And, you know, I think it's brilliant what you're doing to demystify some of those career paths into sport because they are so diverse and, you know, it is very much around what are the opportunities that you can make the most of. So, you know, keep up the amazing work that you're doing. Alrighty, well, that ends our chat with Sarah Styles, Mate, that was just awesome, uh, so informative, so much to take away. Uh, what were some of the bits that you you love most? Yeah, well, look, she's running this incredible office. It's got some incredible programs out there. So if you are listening to this and you do fit the criteria jump online and apply for the Change Our Game program because they're doing some fantastic work to encourage more female leaders in leadership positions. So jump on that, get involved. Um, It's a terrific initiative. Nice one. Um, Something I took away and, you know, I think we've both suffered a little bit of imposter syndrome in the past, Um, you know, and she's a month into her role at the moment. Um, But she just said, you know, one of the key things to take away from when you start a role is just to give yourself a bit of time. Uh, don't expect yourself to, to know everything straight away. You know, nothing, you know, nothing uh, has to be perfect as soon as you start. So allowing yourself a little bit of time to get comfortable in your new surroundings uh, can do a whole world of good to, to launch a career in that organisation. I, th- I think that's quite comforting for people to hear as well because I'm, I'm sure – Sarah feels quite confident in the role, but even she at her level is still giving herself time to adapt, to meet people, to embrace a change, um, which is, I think, you know, refreshing for people just starting their careers to hear who might feel like they need to be everything at once immediately. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I completely agree. And I believe there's one final takeaway that you have. This might be the takeaway of our entire podcast series, but that is apply for a grant for a super box at your local club. There's money available. If you can put the grant together in a way that relates to improving gender equality in sport, then you can get your super box up and running. So uh, if you do need help, contact your local grant professional. We, or you. we could say we'll take – yeah, we might do an episode on this as well, but um, <laughs> we'd love to see some super boxes. So, definitely get that application in. 
Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to the Superbox podcast. Oh, sorry, I mean the Sports Grad podcast. Um, <laughs> wow. It's been a good one. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, team. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your friends or your classmates who also have to figure out all of this sports career stuff. As you can see, this podcast is practically a masterclass and it's free. And you and your circles deserve to have it. So please share it far and wide. Finally, when you are ready to make sense of tackling jobs in sport, go check out the Sports Grad Method. This is an ebook I wrote based on eight years of trying to get into the sports industry and teaching others how to do it too. All of that is condensed down into a proven process to getting jobs in sport. If you're like me and enjoy things broken out into logical steps, then I think you're going to enjoy it. To get a hold of that, download it from www.sportsgrad.com.au. Thanks again for listening. Chat to you soon.